0: There are few legacy sessions with more legs than the Yasso 800's workout. In the fall of 2001, Ambie Burfoot wrote an article in Runner's World about a session that the magazine's races service manager, Bart Yasso, did repeatedly in preparation for his marathons. He'd been doing this session three to four times a cycle for over 15 years. And it's simple as shit. 10 by 800 in your marathon goal time with equal rest. If you want to go sub three, you do 10 by 800 in three minutes with a three minute rest. You wanna go sub four, you do 10 by 800 in four minutes with a four minute rest. You get it. In this episode, we take this session to task, or more accurately, I do. And I get a little spicy in this one, so beware. I have some strong opinions about it. And in Bart's defense, he didn't proselytize this session. Burfoot did. And he didn't do it as a predictor session. He did it as a progressive load session, which is a very different animal. But I didn't know all that before we recorded. So perhaps my ire was misguided. But as I point out repeatedly, I'm not banging on about Yasso. I'm banging on about the way this session has been appropriated and infantilized. So you be the judge. Regardless, we have a lot of fun with this one. And we decided to rename the workout or create an adapted version. I'm not really sure. Last week I said stories abound. This week, jokers abound. At least I'm consistent. And speaking of consistency, two notes before we send you into the meat of this conversation. Number one, This episode is a day late to be posted because I didn't get it scheduled correctly before I headed out to the Boston Marathon. And what an amazing weekend. But more on that next week. And two, we added some bonus content. So if you listen through to the end, there's a hidden track that actually begins this conversation, but that was so far afield from the main thrust of the topic that we had to cut it. But then at the last minute, I thought I should add it as a bonus. Let us know if you like the banter. So in all its raging glory, I present to you the episode we call Ted Lasso 800s. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed.
1: Well, let's <laughs> yeah. kick this off. We're going to do damn, um... so many
0: good things on the cutting room floor. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Oh, well. One of these days, we're going to have to do the unreleased tapes. Wait, they're all (laughs) unreleased. We don't... We actually release nearly everything. The last two two episodes, we have left six to eight minutes cut. You know, when I went in... Like, when we... At the beginning of the episode last week, it says, uh, I've been recording this whole time, but I cut six minutes out because it was all... It was... Wacko. No, it was good. It just it was- didn't get it just, it, I knew we were going to, when I looked at it, it's like, I try to keep things at an hour to hour and 15. I'm trying not to go over that mark. I just feel like it's a little bit, we should be able to get through most of the content that we need, or we need to break it off and move on to another topic, you know? So yeah. back when I did the running rogue podcast, there were some of them we, we, we did, we were like two hours, two and a half hours and, um, we would get feedback. So funny, uh, you do these things, you get feedback. Some people are like, "You need to cut that off at an hour," and other people are like, "No, please don't cut it off. Keep going and going and going." And you're like, "All right, everybody, you know, it's like potato potato, tomato tomato."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I get people saying like, uh, "I like the content, but man, y'all, y'all are all
0: over the place." <laughs> I'm like, "Well." <laughs> Step into our kitchen. This yes. is not a podcast. This is a conversation. Yes, yeah. it's, it's literally what it is. And I know because we've gotten feedback from people, guys. They lo- The people who love it, love it. The people who love it, love it. And those of you who are listening right now, we love you too. And thanks. Do me two favors. Send me an email. Sisson at tellusrunning.com. Tell me how much you like it. Number two, hit smash that like button.
1: What? smash and like and subscribe <laughs> so John yeah what are we talking about today
2: are we talking training today
0: I think we're gonna start with the uh let's so. start with let's start with our our, our yaso topic I think this is a good this is a good thing oh
1: this is yeah this I is thought it was too.
0: intriguing this you know fun. I I've done it I've yep.
1: done it um almost every marathon I've run except for this cycle and maybe the last cycle but yep. what actually I haven't run I don't know. I was intrigued by it the first time I did it. You so, didn't do it in my cycle. No, I, that's, what I was, that's what I was referring to. I didn't do it in my last one either with you uh, for Houston. Um, but the the Yasso 800s, and, and you know I'm from Louisiana, so I'm reading the internet, and I'm like, how do I run fast? What's the deal? What is my marathon time? And then somebody approached me, and they're like, you got to do the Yasso 800s. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's check this thing out. And so I get on the track and I was told to do 10 by 800s, a um, little warm up, warm down, but 10 by 800s as the key workout. With, um, I guess it was, uh, we were talking before, was it is it just recovery or active recovery? Right. And I did active recovery, yeah. very just kind of a jog in between each 800. And
0: of equal t- duration to the rep you did.
1: Right. So I wanted to run. A- equal
0: time. When I say duration, I mean time.
1: Mm-hmm. And at the time that I did my first one, I was shooting for a sub three marathon. And I was thinking, well, I just have to run my 800s in under two minutes and, you know, 55 seconds. Or something like that, so I shot for him that. You cheat,
0: could cheating already. <laughs> already Go five seconds under. you yeah. well, yeah. you training for two two fifty five or a two a three hour? anyway. Yeah. We, and we digress. If I right, run them
2: in two forty eight. I need to give I'll my. To my
1: <laughs> you got to give it a buffer, boys. Yeah. And,
2: yeah. and so I,
1: I went out there and I did like two fifty, two kind of. Uh, interval splits and I ran a 252 and change and it's intrigued me ever since yeah. Yeah. so I mean the idea is that it's not a, you take two minutes and 52 second 800 intervals and those translate somehow mystically into your two hour and 52 minute right. marathon time and I wanted to get two coach's perspectives on this workout because I've never talked to a coach about the workout and I thought it would be fun to get your take on it. Maybe why this was even, is it a phenomenon? Is it like the Maffetone phenomenon? Like, you know, the one 180 minus your age, is that just correlative evidence or correlative data? Or is there some type of physiological phenomenon that's going on I just thought it'd be a fun conversation to explore kind of the the variance in that and just to see what y'all think about the Yasso 800s being an indicator of your marathon time to the layman myself
2: um well you notice Steve said you didn't do it in my program (laughs) so it's not and I could have said the same thing Mm because I don't think I've ever said we're going to do Yasso 800s today. Okay. It, it, there's, it's not a bad workout. The story I know about it is that this was a workout that Bart Yasso used to do when he was getting ready for a marathon. And for him, it became predictive because he, if he could run these reps at a certain time, he usually ran around the same time for his marathon. And so I think it's less that it was a predictive thing and that over time, we've sort of made it a predictive workout. Mm-hmm. But it was something that he, this was a workout I did that before the marathon that I knew when I could do it like this, I'd be about this time. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, so if you do the math, a three hour marathon is what? 6.53.
0: 6.50.
2: 6.53.
0: Ooh, and something cha- like that. 6.50 to 6.55. Let's just put it in there per mile
2: so that a three so that you do a half mile rep times 10 in three minutes right with a three minute jog if you're that's probably a little faster than 10k pace Mm -hmm. if you if i if i'm doing the math right Mm -hmm. right it would,
0: it would a lot of that would have to do with which calculator you use, but generally, I think it's a, a it's on the
2: just a little a couple clicks. Quicker. It's not it's moving
0: not up towards critical velocity pace. It's no. moving down, down towards, towards that
2: towards, pace, towards, what we
0: would call eight k pace, yeah. almost probably yeah. five mile pace. Or something.
2: In the direction of VO two, like if VO two is the yeah. far end, yeah, right. VO
0: two is basically three is three k pace, three k pace, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: So, and that's a and that's a great workout, but it's not. It's a workout that I would put anywhere near the specific area in the marathon training. When you're, you know, in the last couple of months and you're really focusing on mm-hmm. making your body as efficient as possible at race speed. It's more of like if I were going to do it like that, that's more of like a workout that you're doing when you're in preparation for preparing to get ready for a marathon. You know what I mean? It's almost like a fartlek that you would throw in. Or something like that. Three minutes on, three minutes off, mm-hmm. right? Um, so predictive-wise, I think it tends to show people who say, "Yeah, it's been predictive for me." It's been predictive for them because the rest of their program probably was built up enough that, and that you know, three minutes at faster than ten k pace with a three minute jog is it's not an easy workout. But it's it's not predictive. But I think people will go, yeah, it was predictive for me because I was able to do it. Maybe it's a mental you're boost, fit, it's a confidence
1: booster. It's
2: a confidence booster. You ran 252 because you were fit enough to run 252, not because you did the workout and nailed the workout.
0: You ran 252 because mm-hmm. you were a triathlete yeah. and you had a huge engine.
2: Yeah, you had the engine. You That's built a huge engine. Yeah, though it.
0: And your me- good mechanics. So this is one of the challenges. Oh, no, go ahead, John. And Finish. So keep I, going.
2: That's where I'm like in predict. I don't like predictive workouts because then that automatically puts you in the mindset of I've either already failed or I've already won.
0: Right. Expectation.
2: Expectations. I think the better predictive workout if we're going to do the half mile rep. Would be to do 10 by half mile with a minute jog or a hundred meter jog. I think that's closer to predictive and closer to a specific workout mm-hmm. because you're sustaining a higher level longer and your heart rate is, you're able to work at a rate higher than you would normally work because you're getting those minute breaks mm-hmm. and it's you know letting your heart rate come down just enough that you can get your head above water so that you can go back mm-hmm. yeah if you if you wanted to make if you were going to like make a prediction like a really predictive version of a Yasso 800, that's the way I would do it.
1: So that leads to another question for you um, is, do you look at workouts? Let's call them a month, mm. you know, before a marathon or something. Mm. Do you look at predictive workouts or do you look at simulation workouts? And are those different? Like, is there, yeah. is there a recreation of the race or is it a? Do you look at it as more of an indicator, or more of as as a as some type of race day simulation to just get an idea of fit and feel? Are they different? Are they the same? And, and it's a hard hard thing to, because like when I do it, I'm kind of, you know, you know, a lot of folks in their first time marathon will kind of pick something like this up in the lore, and right. they'll say this is badass. Yeah. Like, all right, well let's, let's go check this out. Of course, I think that the biggest benefit if it's done or not done is a confidence booster kind of going in. But I think the cooler point is that a lot of people don't really know their race pace. And the question is, should you, I guess this is a philosophical difference between coaching and coaches, but like, should you predict your race time before the race or should you simulate the race and understand the feeling of it? Cause Steve, now that I've done your program um, and actually you know, I, I say that, but to anybody listening, you know, I've I've kind of I, I was there for the program, um, and then this one this wasn't a full cycle. Although I've kind of really kind of nailed the a bit of the fundamentals this time, and I've kind of understand going into a work, I have a different mental attitude. So I can I can imagine that Steve, you have like a, an interesting position on it as well, specifically because. I don't find that you do a lot of race day predictors or times or
0: um, I do, but I do them in a specific way. Okay. So I'm going to let John answer that question. You asked about which he does or what direction you view that, that in that last question yeah. you just okay. asked, how, how would yeah. you phrase that? Cause then I want to go into Yasso's cause if I go, what I'm going to do now is jump into Yasso. And my thought of it, but I don't want to miss this because I think it's just a beautiful. You're asking a beautiful question. Okay, and I'm really interested to hear John's take on it. Do you understand his question basically? No, I've already forgotten. Is it, it was. a predictor,
1: <laughs> or is it a predictor, you, or is it a
0: simulation? Or you actually asked the question more to the line of which do you prefer? Or do you utilize in the last month of your program? Yeah. right,
2: right, right? Yeah, I like not as a. Pre- I don't like to use it as a predictor, right? Because there neuro- are like you said, you're automatically creating expectation. Mm-hmm. The predictor is how the previous 16 weeks is gone or whatever. Sure. So I really like simulation or the idea of simulation. Um, to put yourself in the mental space that you're going to be in mm-hmm. on race day. It's kind of, it's like active visualization. You know what I mean? Except you get to experience. The discomfort of the positive visualization. Sure. Um, there's a physiological adaptation that you need to simulate or that you need to prepare the body for. So I really like the idea of simulation. Um, you get to practice your water bottles. You get to practice, you know, all that kind of stuff. You get to wear your new shoes if you prefer to do it that way. So I really like that so that there're no, you know, or there're going to be surprises but that you'll just be a little more prepared for them. So simulation I think is is really really important and I think you also need to have at least I do, you know, 4 8 and 12 weeks out progressively long longer tempo runs and that's that's those are my only three real simulation
0: Are those for you or for your athlete? Or both. I mean, obviously, both. they're for your athletes. But what are you reading? What's your what, what, is, that, what tea leaves are you looking, you know, how are you looking at the bottom of your class?
2: 12 weeks out, you absolutely need to be able to run at, you need to be able to run 15 to 20K at 95-ish percent of your race pace. And then...
0: That's 9 to 12 miles for the non-kilometer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: You you don't need to be ready to run race pace for that distance yet, but you need to be pretty close. And then you add 5K every month. And and then a month out, you're doing 25 to 30K.
1: Mm -hmm. That's fascinating.
2: Okay. And that's the only real... There, I mean... There's so much such a here. hard time well there's so much stuff well there's so
0: it. much there I mean I, yeah. I think you just answered the question that I thought was really interesting is that what you're looking for and this is going to lead me right into my so I fucking hate the Yasso okay I think it's yeah. it does a disservice all the way around first of okay I, I don't so I don't know Bart Yasso mm-hmm. okay um, and everybody who knows me knows I don't really I, I don't mind flaming people I don't know <laughs> flame people I know too but that I have to think about. It.
2: That's quotable. <laughs> <laughs> Flaming people. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Come over here, Bart. That is awesome. So Bart's a writer for the Runner's World, was was a writer for Runner's World magazine and, you know, I just have a deep respect for the craft and the the craft of coaching. Yeah. And when you've got a guy who is a writer who's been around and run, and then they start creating workouts, no problem for somebody who wants to self-coach, but then you go out and you do this workout and you do it three times, four times, five times, and it turns out to be some kind of correlation to your marathon time. Number one, I think, you know, I just, this is the problem with Runner's World Magazine. They do a, a great disservice to the great coaches out there in the world. Same thing's happening with social media. You got a lot of people talking out of their ass. And, and that's not because I want to protect my turf, because I got my turf, and John's got his turf. We're all good, right? It's but right. It, 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 what hurts me is it hurts the runner. But, but let's talk about that, because Michael had a great experience with it. Yeah. It was wonderful. There was a lot of really cool marathon lore, you know, that- yeah. Bullshit. There's no marathon, Lord. There's a story a guy who writes for Runners World tells <laughs> that that becomes something. Get, let me let me let. Why don't we do? Why don't we talk more about a Boston simulator and think about what, um, what's his name? Who ran for New Balance? Who ran what's, uh Who ran Zalazar to the well? Uh, Beardsley. Beardsley. He his coach, who's a fucking coach, right? Bill Squires has him run up and down. Heartbreak Hill, repeated times over and over again. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. In the snow. In the snow. I mean, so to me, some kind of lame-ass correlation is not causation. Right. You just created a scenario where you say a correlation is now a cause, and in the minds of all the noobs out there, we've got a cause. I do this workout, I'm ready. And mm-hmm. then you see the decimation out on the course. You just happen to be young and dumb and a Complete your 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 aerobic system was just primed through all your psych, through all your triathlon work. Like you were right, did you do this before after uh, try? For anybody before?
1: listening, at this point in time, I had just finished a really, really proper training block for yeah. Ironman Texas. And so that you're, was April. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? You were already bombed. I'm fit. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna start training for yeah. Boston and I'm gonna go out there. And what I did is I started introducing intervals on the track because that's this on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So
0: you're getting speed. Economy. And so I got you're speed go, got with done. that aerobic fitness. Correct. And I
1: think it was, if you really look at my marathon build, I think I had probably been building for like 18 months, you know, not yeah. like, not like a, a typical 16 week build or something like I had, I was, you know, 26 ish years mm-hmm. old and you know, 27. Oh, maybe it was older. Let's call it, I she's still a young gun yeah I was like yeah. under
0: around yeah. under 30 or something And but let's take the average runner's world reader in 1997 when they read this workout for the first time I don't know if it was 1997 I'm just coming, pulling something out of my ass they are not well trained maybe they're prepared for a 5k or a 10k they do an 18 week program maybe at least they did eighteen-week programs back then, which were just progressive long runs with maybe a little bit of workout sprinkled in. And I think Bart had his own program, and I'm sure it was relatively sound. I mean, there's a lot of programs out there. Hal Higdon's program. There's a bunch of them out there that are good, solid. But this pro, but this particular work, and it could be that this workout is good for someone if it was in Bart's system. I don't have a problem with Bart personally. I have a problem with this becoming a thing to be done a week, a month out from your race day. And then people are screwed when they think that's what they can do on race day. And it's a yeah. disservice to the marathon. Yeah. So first of all, it was a disservice to the coaching field. Number two, it's a disservice to the marathon. People who know me know the marathon always wins. It always wins. And the Bart Yasso, does, the Yasso 800s does nothing to help you determine what it means to win or lose in a marathon. Does it serve as a good workout? No. Prior to the marathon? No. I mean, the week before, maybe. It's a really good... Here's my main problem with the Bart Yasa from a physiological perspective. What's up with the rest? makes no sense. This is what you were alluding to, John. That rest makes no sense. If you're going to do three minutes, you need to do it on the minute. If you're going to do three minutes, you need to do it on the minute. And if you can't do that, then you don't have the endurance to get through it. Now, there may be something where somebody who is, let's say that there's somebody who's a four-hour marathoner, right? And they're relatively new to this. And they've not been an athlete before. This workout's going to blow them up, and they're not going to be able to do it with with. a a minute rest they're going to need the four minutes to get through it but now you've just evolved the workout to basically a correlation session it's not a causation session it's really important that people understand this that correlation is not causation so you cannot apples to apples we are talking about dump trucks and apples when you do a workout like this you're there's a dump truck workout and then you're trying to get an apple out of it that's not the same thing Um, and even your workout of trying to do it with a minute rest, it's still maybe an apple and an orange. It's maybe right. the fruit group, but it's still not the same thing. Yeah. And to use that as a way to say the correlation is going to create this space in which I can get this thing done is just, it's just the one of the few things that I get on my high horse about. Yep. And I get really adamant about because I take this stuff seriously and we don't need jokers I don't. Jokers abound in this world already, yeah. and I'm not saying Bart. Yeah, so the human being is. I'm just saying that's not a well thought out session. It has never made sense to me. And then people's odd ad, adoption of it um, just continues to perpetuate uh, a, 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 something that makes me sad and yeah. and and angry. Obviously, because I'm angry.
2: One, <laughs> one thing super one interesting. One thing I would like, kind of like what you said earlier, Michael, when you. Were, saying but like what if psychologically it gives you a bit now I think probably most people who've been running a long time have a workout or something that they like to do pre you know sometime in the few weeks before a race where they do a workout or a run or something that kind of doesn't make sense but it's almost become like superstition or something like a workout where if I can nail this my confidence level Is set to me. That's now. I mean, yeah. If if you're gonna do it like that, go for it. I love that. But otherwise, like,
0: except, except, it disrespects the marathon. Now, yeah. So I get it. Yeah. But you're going to run into a situation where the marathon's gonna eat you for lunch. Yeah. I'm gonna dig into this real quick. Is that? Yeah.
1: I'm not a coach. I'm. I kind of. I'm learning. You know. I'm. I'm invested into Mm -hmm. the sport, obviously, but do how would you equate this you're saying that this isn't a VO2 max workout this is close to it
2: or though. it's closer to that and it's of closer the, to that than it
1: is of anything else so in terms of your training plans do y'all introduce VO2 max efforts into your plan and if so
0: well this opens up a whole can of worms and I think that this is what we're going to be doing over the where we're hoping um, it's a cool segue into the next yeah but we're hoping is that we'll be able to we're, we're really hoping to get into this in and get this into this arm deep, really deep with this um, in terms of trying to break down what's going on with various training programs, how they work and how they operate. And that'll be our, our next episode or an episode coming up soon. But one of the things that I think is critical here you're asking in your question is that each coach is kind of approaches from a different perspective in terms of you. You're asking the question is, what does this session hit and this will create a space where many people will understand or have read about energy systems and how energy systems operate. And
1: Got to work the high end, work the low end, correct. create and a
0: cocktail. And- right. And that you're you're trying to do various things with that. And John and I are extremely well versed in this area, both in reading many, 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 many people's programs, understanding the physiology, even if we weren't um, anatomy students nor were we exercise physiologists, we did uh, spend a lot of time reading about this stuff. Um, And I don't know where you stand on this, John, but I'm, you know, I'm way, I am significantly post energy system at this point in my coaching and, and post discussing energy system. In fact, I've fallen more on the pace scale because of its specificity, its utility, it's, uh, my athletes don't really care about what an energy system is. And I'm confused if the energy system is not a product of our industrial, um, the way that we handled and looked at yeah. um, and much of what we've of how we handled and looked at physiology over the last you know 150 years on top of the industrialization of all kinds of 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 systematic periodized kinds of programs yeah. and then on top of that you've got all this shit's going on in a laboratory right. on a treadmill artificial environment with shit jammed in your mouth and then bleeding you while you're doing it and all of those things to me have never really paired well with the inner experience of my athlete in training, and has almost nothing to do with what happens on race day. Right. Um, and so there's problems there. Like I'm gonna say, there's a lot of lot of little problems Us, there.
1: But. There's a lot of athletes like myself who are. Um, Sorry to dig into this. No, but it's all it's, good. It's it, but yeah, it's it just it, preps us for I, the
2: next one. John and I are like it's pigs confusing and shit. <laughs> because John and are I are astroplaned shit. out of here for a little bit I'm like holy shit. Because my well, my
1: favorite, on. you know, entertainment uh to watch is often YouTube yep. about, you know, my favorite triathletes yep. and they're into the science like I've never seen before, yep. you know gustav eden and and christian blumenfeld and you know now lionel sanders it's you can't turn on a video without somebody getting their blood tested between you intervals
2: on the road the pro cyclists in europe it's just interesting right so like their coach is like ride at 275 watts (laughs) you're like what yeah in the race in their earpiece they're being directed by data
1: yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really it's interesting to to the kind of like the athlete who dips into triathlon, and that's why I'm really really fascinated and eager to break these conversations open. And that's why I asked about this workout was because I'm when I think about the Yasso 800, I'm thinking about what is the physiological transaction of the workout and how is it relevant. So it's it, what's more interesting though from two coaches is. I did a workout that I actually think that I enjoy more than the mental lift that I got from that workout, which was the mix-up miles workout. To me, there's no cooler uh, race day indicator that I've done so far in my brief journey um, than throwing that session in and simulating the last 10K
0: just for uh, our listener reference, but mostly for John's reference, because my mix-up miles session is basically an adapted Canova Ks. So it is the Canova K is typically 1K at 10K pace, 600 float, but he doesn't float it. He uses a direct pace and he's in and out and in and out. That becomes challenging for an administration at 530 in the morning on the streets of Austin, Texas. So I moved to 800 meter loops that was easier. And yeah. then I moved away from 10 K half marathon, um, then I went to a float and then I came back to, so what I, my workout now is 10 K pace, um, for 800 meter marathon pace for 800 meter, 10 K pace for 800 meter. And we do two times three miles at that session is a th- is a, is a marathon session it's short you know, I think if I were working with pros, we would do nine, we would yeah, do 15 yeah, K yeah. of that. Yep. Yep. But, um, I'm just really tapping at the systems or whatever the quote unquote, I'm going to air quote systems. I'm mm-hmm. just tapping at that experience and getting people to feel two things happen. Number one, we're getting great 10 K work with minimal recovery right. and the recovery is marathon pace. So then what's your, what's your internal experience? What's your felt sense? Oh, Marathon pace is recovery yeah. right. now that, that was and then super people rad. are like and then yeah. people are like whoa marathon pace is easy right. well yeah you just did three miles and, you know, but they do when they when they combine that they've got two times three miles at at half marathon yeah. pace and that's a pretty solid that's little session real, it's like that's a really, really solid. and yeah. I'm not I didn't get to it from that perspective yeah. right I didn't go let's say let's hit this system what I said right. is what does the race require like what do you need to be able to yeah. do and then how do I simulate the system and then how do I take a legacy session from a coach I have the utmost respect for who I think is probably top three coaches of all times in terms of getting results for marathons and that's Renato Canova mm-hmm. Canova the Italian coach um, so yeah, that's a little feedback and I think that that work I don't do as a simulator though I just do it then, as did a did
1: I get that incorrect which is it, the it, one that we it's, did that, that was it's, uh, it's
0: relatively close it's relatively close to it's a I usually place it about a month out from the race, but I don't do it for a simulation, and I never ever give that correlative indicator. Yeah. What it just was the happens. We
1: did where it just we ended at marathon pace, where it's like you beat up your legs. And oh, then- that's
0: a long run, so that's a very different kind of session. So the mix-up miles is a workout that's done on a quality workout during the week. By my definition, quality is you know somewhere around you know, six miles worth of total work typically because it's what adults who have full-time jobs and lives can get in on a Saturday on a, on a weekday morning and be able to get to work and, Get to the kids and do all the things that need to be done. If I were working with a pro, it would be definitely fifteen k. I would do it different. But yeah. oh, and well, there,
1: there was another one that I yeah, was fascinated with. Forgive me about yeah. You're, anybody thinking, listening. About my, you're uh,
0: thinking about my you're thinking about my my long run quality. The workout. eighteen
1: mile run we did where we yeah, ended. at Now around, that's
0: my final sim, and it's, I have two workouts that I do near the end, which are simulators. Okay, one is specific simulator. And that runs the old, speaking of Carrozza, who we had on last week, that runs the old run-text-to-run-text route. We start at Gateway. We finish downtown. And um, we basically do seven miles of marathon pace work. Um, And then we do um, about six or eight miles. We do three Mount banel loops. Easy. Just three Mount banel loops. Easy. Just to fuck with their legs. Just literal, little garden gnomes beating mercilessly on the quads, right, and teaching them how to... (laughs) Teach nice. them how to run downhill without yeah. without pushing too hard, but right. not not letting go because it's still a long way to go. And then after they finish that like lot of work, then they 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 stop, get a little bit of water, and then they go back down balcones up scenic and down Lake Austin Boulevard to the sh- to auditorium. I mean to uh, Barton Springs, and they hold marathon pace for that. So that's that's a, that's my true simulator. And what I'm doing there is not saying correlation there. What I'm saying is, all right, I know you're physiologically ready for the physical, physical and mental challenges that come out. Then my last workout, this is the one I always do. It's basically for a lot of people, it will seem really close. In fact, even my own athletes sometimes wonder if I do this workout too close to race day, but it just seems to work. And I call this shakeup run. Totally came up with it myself. I don't know where I pulled this one out of my ass. Six miles at a rhythm. So basically that's going to be a little slower than marathon pace, right? So just trying to get them going. It's a continuous eighteen mile run. Six six miles at rhythm, then it's shake up. You go three minutes hard, two minutes float, three minutes hard, two minutes float. You do that for six miles. That's some beautiful. And then and then you go right into six miles at MGP. If you can nail your six miles at MGP at the end of that session, mm-hmm. you're ready to go. Yeah. You can do what you want to do. Yeah. If you can't, there's no way you're going to be able to do what you want to do. Now the question about this workout is: is it too much, too soon, and um. I don't think so because it's 18 miles long. So there's 20 with with a cool down because I don't let them warm up. I make them how not many, warm up.
2: How many days out?
0: It's, um... We did ours two weeks 15, ago. 15, yeah, it's like it's like two weeks out. Okay. Yep, yeah. they get a, they get a, they get a, they get a, that's a Saturday workout. Then the next Saturday they get 12 miles easy run, Close if they yeah, feel yeah. like it. Um, and then I do, crazily, I do a 10K workout. 10 days out yeah. and it fits that checks that yeah. box off it doesn't make any sense right. so why do you do it because you're in the middle of your taper and you're going crazy and you're yeah. starting to do stupid shit and I just gave you two because I don't do any work on you know do any work on that Tuesday after that big session I don't do any work mm-hmm. they just they're out putzing around and they're recovered and they're like they're so used to in my system of just I'm just coming at them. Yeah. I mean, we are getting ready for a fucking race, people. We're not going out to wave at the crowds and kiss babies. We're trying yeah. to fucking be warriors and get shit done. Yeah, and do hard work. So we just keep it coming and keep it coming and keep it coming. Anyway, they they do a 10k session. That's I've adapted now. It used to be the old the old Stan Huntsman um, eight quarters two mile eight yeah. quarters two halves a mile two halves eight quarters up and down ladder. Then I jettisoned that and I moved to basically cv reps they mm-hmm. seem to be a little less dangerous and it gives people more room to roam and play around with it if they want to go down to 10k pace they can um they can do it as 1k reps or 2k reps we always do it at zilker and do loops anyway we just got into specificity there it was totally shocking but um <laughs> i'll charge every one of you 300 dollars for that program right there just playing good luck putting it all together <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway it
1: i think that's I've gotten what I really wanted to to hear from from both of you,
0: I think. And but just- wait, wait, we missed something. What's that? So we we want. I really want to do this, guys. I'm not playing around. Like, what would it be if this were Ted Lasso's 800s? Oh yeah. Like, what would it be? The Ted Lasso 800. First of all, I think it kind of is a Ted Lasso workout because it is all optimistic and positive and yeah. making you feel good about yourself, <laughs> right? Even <laughs> if you're fucking losing. Yeah. <laughs> We the the parody. so is
2: it wait is, so is the definition of a Ted Lasso workout? <laughs> is it a? I mean, it ha, it has to have some physiological I mean, season, season one, one season
0: two, or season three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a season
2: one belief. It's a season one. This it is ha, a season one Ted Lasso. It workout. has to have some physiological benefit, right? You can't just make something up <laughs> or whatever. But I. Is it is a Ted Lasso just a workout that you can nail every time? It's still a hard workout, but it feels really good, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm I'm so fast."
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what
2: it is? I think so. Okay,
1: it's all about the vibe, <laughs> and I and I
0: think I also think if we renamed this the Ted Lasso Lasso 800s, then people would be like, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah, tongue firmly in cheek. Yep. <laughs> Again, no disrespect to. Mr. Bart Lasso. I mean, Bart Yasso. I, I, Bart Lasso. Bart Yasso. I, I I don't know you, and I wish you well. I, well,
1: <laughs> I would do... I would do... Well, you got to incorporate the 800s. <sighs> oh, yeah. The,
2: eight, yeah, the I, 800 I, is the one constant. It's
0: actually, 100. Ted Lasso would be on the side like, yeah, you look great,
2: guys. <laughs> you
0: look great. I like a long... Yep. It's a long, easy run
1: at at 800s <laughs> <laughs> at marathon pace whenever you want to do them. Whenever it feels right. But you got to oh. fit them in there. And you got to do 10 of them. You just got to do 10 of them. Do <laughs> 10 of them?
0: Actually, that's a pretty solid and little that, session. That's a really, that's
1: a really good 18 workout. 18 to 20. <laughs> just throw them in whenever you want. You can get them in at the beginning. You can get them in at the end. So you're going to learn there. something. You might not do it right, but you're going to learn something. All right. So let's let's
0: let's systematize this. So get... get like, Give it, give it, do, do the right parlance here. So what's the session? Give us, give us the, uh, what the session is. What's the protocol? Warm up two
1: miles, zero to two miles. Warm up. And you got, uh, you got about, (laughs) you got about a half marathon. Uh, no, fuck it. We're going to, we're going to make this easy. It's 18 miles. It's a long run. All right. Go at a pace that feels good. Okay. Just a vibing pace. Okay but make sure you throw 10 800s in there at MGP okay. whenever you want to do them as long as they feel good Dude, that come out feeling strong i love it that's it i love it i mean so think about i would probably try to get 4 10 800s, and five in the beginning
2: and 4 in the end just kind of vibe in the middle like think that's a really good workout you're that's, welcome if you <laughs> get a half if you get a half mile recovery there's 10 miles of your run right there yeah, man That's a lot of stuff, man That's really good
1: To the marathon world I'm, out there
2: This dude, is in all in coming business. from. Yeah, I'm in the wrong business I <laughs> shouldn't be making shoes the, anymore You've been <laughs> hanging out With the chat GPT so yeah. <laughs> long you, You've learned how to coach <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll go out there and try it
2: Oh, that's awesome That's awesome But I like
1: the. It's all about vibe, though You go do 18 Because you gotta do it yep. Somebody's gotta do it Might as well be you You're running 26.2 So yeah, 18 You would, Might
0: as well do it Should do it 18 to 20 it's like I guess that's for the for Ted, that's like getting the guys out on the pitch and kicking the ball around.
1: Yeah, just kicking the ball around. <laughs>
0: kicking the ball around. You might as well go get ten. Run around 800s. In circles, run around in circles, do some stretches. Yeah. Blow your whistle, blow your whistle, because you know you're a football coach. You're a football coach. Yep.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, then so you so go funny. to the pub and you play darts. <laughs> that's that's the best part. Well,
0: this has been fascinating. I um, We are we are going to prep this with, a, if you liked this one, we are going to get um, a little a little more in depth on um, really specifics. We're going to try to do a whole series on what we're going to call, we haven't decided, we're going to call it the program or the system. And it's basically just overviewing a variety of different programs. Well, more on that next week or the week after.
2: Which one sounds more nefarious? Energy shift storm. The storms. system. The system.
0: I named Rogue. It was a Rogue training system at the first. Right. Yeah, I got it from Carmichael Training Systems. Yep. Total thievery. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded cool. System. Yeah, it's it's elevated. <laughs> it's like yeah, we don't we don't offer shoes anymore. It's a running system. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Tell us if you liked it, and if you don't, no worries. But just keep listening. Keep listening. Did it
2: all right all right
0: all right you have found the hidden track thanks for listening on i'm pretty sure this is going to be worth your while This episode is in, this little snippet is in response to, or in in sort of in theme with episode 14, the Dark Necessities episode, where we talked about technology. We started our conversation last week going through just chat GPT, artificial intelligence. You know, I just got back from Boston last night. We were, or Monday night, we were talking about, with a couple of people in my group, just about what opportunities and ills could be afforded by this large language learning and all other uh, artificial intelligence modalities. And Michael's been using the ChatGPT, or at least he did up until a couple, like I think it was Friday last week where he got really frustrated with it. But he'd been using it to write blogs so that he could do search engine optimization. Please don't think that Michael's sitting here trying to become a, a famous author, nor is he uh, trying to front himself as a coach de jour literally is just using it for the business. And I think that's kind of a really smart way to be managing it and using it. If it's there, use it. It's kind of like you guys who wear the cheetah flies, right? Like if it's there, use it. It's not against the rules. Anyway, we talk about it a little bit and that's why I thought this was really pertinent and interesting because it referred to the last episode. It gives you a little bit of a flavor of Michael, John and I. And um, there's some interesting stuff in it. So we start with the chat GPT, or as I say, chat LSD. And we end with an advertisement. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed.
1: I hit the wall with the blogs this morning, too. You know, those thing.
2: when you sent me that, I was, I was like, this is awesome.
1: It is awesome it until is- you don't have anything to type, and then you look at one, and you're like, all right, I'm out. It's just, it's...
0: I uh, went a, into a deep dive with chat, what I'm calling chat LSD now. <laughs> it's my new name for it. Yeah. After you sent that, I got depressed, like mm-hmm. really depressed. Because it was moderately appropriate. Like, like the, More than moderately it's, appropriate. It's really good. It's really good. And, and there was GP, no output. And that's GPT-3. That's not, yeah, that's not even like
1: right. the hot shit one. <laughs> it's not even the name brand It's the free version. <laughs>
0: yeah. And they're on 5 in development of 5. 4 is beta or pay and then 5 is beta and they're you know there's that group that's trying to get us to put on the brakes.
1: Do you remember when I was like is are the arts in compromise?
0: Yeah.
1: And that's kind of what I was referring to, but it's not necessarily saying that being an artist or the arts right. doing the arts is compromised. It's more just about like, it was mind blowing to kind of see the quality churn out with zero effort.
2: But it does, it feels like when I spent, uh, what was it a few weeks ago when I spent a little bit of time plugging in training stuff with things that are that specific, there is absolutely no way you could have a legitimate now you could write something that you would print in a magazine, right? But
1: even the writing I'm picking up is very specific. It, the writing is it's, very specific. It's like, and in conclusion,
2: yep. this is how you write it, and blog. it can't. I mean, there's no way you could plug in all the all the information, all the variables for an individual necessary for that thing to legitimately code. I mean, it's. I mean, you could get ninety percent there, maybe, but you couldn't. All the little personal nuances that individuals pick up and give out to each Mm -hmm. other, there's no way you could pick that up.
1: I'm interested though, probably in for our episode, but it is interesting that it got you down. It got me way down. (laughs) I know. I was so down the other day too. What got me down,
0: Michael, was that it had your tone. I know, right? And I was like, no, this, because I knew you'd, I could tell you had adjusted the last paragraph. That was obvious. Like, but I, even you before were, that, d- number one, the way you introduced it, it was basically like, "Here's Michael. Michael's back in the room." <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it really felt that yeah. way. But when I read through it, I was like, "Oh." Then I went back and I was like, "Okay, so everything below this is 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 Chat GPT plus Michael doing yeah. it?" Cause, and then you'd said, and then you would text it back and we like, "Yeah, that's what happened." And then I went back and reread the first th- three or four paragraphs, and I'm like, "Oh man, mm-hmm. like this is." Um, you know, for sure it's canned. Like, yeah. you know, GPT-3, there's no doubt in my mind that there is no one that's getting out of a job that wants a job, okay, for Chat gpt 3 But chat LSD-4, from what I'm hearing, is going to not need 100 takes to get your tone. It's going to get it quick. It's going to figure it out, and it's going to start to impact... um what's going to do is what you mentioned the thing the re the way i got down was number one how is this thing that's non this non-sophisticated learner language learner is already getting some sense of tone um and you have a unique tone michael yeah. you're not a you're not just a hack right you you're an artist you know you know you put what I, everything i read of yours there's michael in it i can mm. always tell
1: it's got a little bit of It's got
0: your your flavor. Yeah. It's got your Mm -hmm. flavor, your word selection. Your word selection
2: is thoughtful. Correct. And
0: and unique and and idiosyncratic. But to me, that's not the big part of it. It's what you'd said the other day where you were like, why you have to do that? Because, you know, we'll edit this out probably, but Mm -hmm. it breaks my heart as a person who prides himself on creating quality content that I hope changes people's lives. When I think about it, it's... That you're you're able to do that with a computer and maybe people think it's you and so therefore their lives are being changed by that. And then I start extrapolating down the pathway and that's where I ran into that Hindu text. Somebody I was reading quoted this Hindu text and it just blew my mind, that text. And I was like, they predicted it in the sixth century, seventh century, um, CE and it's basically that hey the mind is ex- as you said whatever Hawking says like exponential it's like the, the mind mo- we, we've got so much content that we're not going to be able to filter through we're going to be inundated and overwhelmed by content I really think so. and if people live online then they're never going to get into the one-to-one and we're going to keep moving more and more online and I'm I'm for the online because it gives people access and gives them opportunity but I just worry about um, I'm not worried about the state of humanity, and I'm not really worried about AI eating our children. Okay, I, I just think we'll figure. Fucking unplug it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but anyway, I, I, mean, I know that it's way more complicated than that. But I, not to be, not to be Pat. But. To
1: me, it's this idea too, like th- these. It's a back in the '70s and shit. I wish I was around to know what it was like. When people thought that flying cars and the Jetsons were the future, and then somewhere along the way, just big databases of information and spreading information was the future. There was no flying car. Like I think we've produced like a couple hundred flying cars, and nobody gives a shit anymore. (laughs) I did when I was a kid, and that was cool. But now it's just it's just the spread of information in the form of you know databases, and it's just like god it's just a lot it it's a lot to it's a lot of filing cabinets to go it's through to like to get a through. case yeah you know if you're it just feels weird it's it's like we we have so much information these kids are growing up with every single thing there is to know about data on the planet in their phone and to me it just goes back to riding a bike like it just deemphasizes riding a bike and emphasizes data a little bit. it's It's fascinating,
0: yeah, and the other thing that pulled me back from the brink mm-hmm. um, was the idea of embodiment of being in a body. And uh ultimately, I think what will happen, and you know, this is the theory behind angels and alien and in some in some categories of thinking. Angels, UFOs, extraterrestrials, all of these things, if they exist, putting air quotes, right? Whatever those things are, whether they're products of our mind, they only can come, they only, they all want to be embodied. So ultimately, so will the machine. It will want to be in a body. So ultimately, we're going to have the one thing, and my dog, and that tree outside the door going to have one thing that they can never get what it is to be in a body and right. whatever pleasure and pain whatever those things would be to an ai like how yeah. in the world would it able man did it
1: did it well this is did it did it did it it's kit it's the car
0: yeah <laughs> Yep
1: Oh shit I, I no read expert. somewhere can I, can I apologize to Lena real quick? Sure I said a cruel joke It was a bad joke Lena I love you Can I have a hug? I said a cruel joke That I didn't want to sit next to you on the plane And that was untrue Oh look at him Now, he's, now he's
0: suffering I wasn't yeah.
1: feeling good about it I'm sorry Alright here we go Now I'm awesome mm. I'm feeling good
2: It's um yesterday when Steve when you originally sent the text that included the Hindu quote and everything I was was driving around somewhere and I was like every one of our conversations always goes into the existential which I I absolutely love and this is a digression because uh, I just want like I just love that in the middle of the day you can get a text that like immediately makes you think, well, the end, end is nigh, <laughs> you know, so. And, and, and that's just,
1: why we're talking about yaso 800s and, today. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that, what a segue. Yeah, I just, I just thought that was awesome. We do
1: have an uncanny ability to kind of bring it into, I don't know what that is. I don't I'm not a hundred percent positive. I know. I know, I think there are a few types of people and I always just go back to what's the big picture, what's the point? Yep. You know, I'm yeah. constantly trying to to figure it out. Well, I think it's my
2: I'm own. I'm getting, you know how people say you you've heard like when you get older you get more conservative? And I think you don't get more conservative, but I think at least I do. I'm getting like more absurdist. I'm le- I'm like less existential. Existential, man, it's it's hard. You know what I mean it's too heavy like absurdism there's some levity to it you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. existentialism but I don't
1: know it's too much I was thinking me. about that the so. other day too it seemed so important when I was like 18 19 20 and yeah. it got really really heavy and it yeah. and now it's gotten really heavy now it's like about- I wonder if there's a bell curve <laughs> on the ass end of this do i get to ride this thing down to like practicality <laughs> yeah, or like I what's know,
2: going man. on well it's just like it just makes it so much easier to get through the day when you're not everything isn't you know isn't there to meet my purpose or you know whatever or i haven't met my per- and i don't know why i'm going off on this sorry it's sleep sleep deprivation
0: you're all good, so Steve. <laughs> you see what happen. You see what happens when we turn Mike John's mic up. Yeah, not, can you hear the water? Like when we have his mic down, I I, ch- I cranked it. So that's good though. It we'll, we'll just wait till the water stops. Mm. No, actually, in the future, I'll just leave it in there because I love it. It's like we're in a house. Yeah, we're real, we real are. people, like real people doing real things. Well, but you know, this is actually she, a good. She's intro. done those kinds of things before, where she's. Moved around and done stuff, and then we don't ever hear her. But it's because I got his mic. I have him.
2: Ugh. This is like I'm gonna bring him is back like, down for the people listening. This no, is yeah. a moment where they get I, to have like some I peaceful. Like up. Yeah, you know, you get a peaceful break. Sounds like a little brook. Well, do you, through.
0: Well, I've got a peaceful easy you feeling. You know what I've been doing the last
2: few nights is and it's I'm, not supposed to be part of my going to sleep routine
0: john's in fuego today uh-huh. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen johnson
2: <laughs> you're in fuego today i love it keep it uh, keep it coming I, like found this i don't know what it is like 582 megahertz thing to fall asleep to dude uh, 17 uh, seconds after i turn it on uh, boom
0: does it sound up. oh is it, is it does it have a sound or is yeah, it like it's a,
2: kind well they each one is different but digital i digital or like, analog YouTube okay whatever digital. is on YouTube digital yeah mm-hmm. um, and it was cr- and every night just Bleh.
1: man I'm about to turn you on to this episode is brought to you by sleep sound <laughs> the leader in analog sleeping technology <laughs> nice.
0: And uh,
1: it's it's right over there. Yeah. It's a beige little oh, we've box. Got,
0: we've got two of them in our house. Oh, my God. It's the massage therapist's favorite thing. You think the digital stuff is good? Just wait till you hear oh, real it, air. There is nothing like it. Kristen has two of them. We have two of them in our house. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't worry, John. I where did you, you get covered. them?
0: I don't know if they I mean, I'm sure you can get them on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, you can get them on Amazon. <laughs> but they are, they're, they're crazy. They just plug into the wall and then they. I don't know. Let me check. <laughs> Sleep
2: Sound? Is that what you said? Sleep
1: Sound. Mine's called Sleep Sound by S-
2: Hamaker Schlimmer. Oh, I used to love that store.
1: Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> Sharper Image. Yeah. Fancy Folk.